Hello and welcome everyone to the first official episode of the Untitled Interview Show from Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm Hunter Van Lerup and today's guest is a fantastic indie comic writer and artist by the name of Robert Geronimo. His most prominent work is on the Alterna Comics title, Blood Realm, which just finished its third volume earlier this year. We may also know him from his YouTube channel and podcast, Geronimo Draws. I had the pleasure of meeting Rob back in 2018 when I went to New York Comic Con. He was running a booth there and we sparked up fun conversation about indie comics. He is currently working on a very cool project, which we will be discussing on the show. So without further ado, here we go. I already recorded a uh, pre-made intro, so I'm just going to go into the questions. Oh, okay. Great. All right, cool. What got you into the comics medium? What got me into the comic book medium? Well, uh, I have to say it was when I was a kid. Uh, my mother took me to the grocery store. And uh, back then, obviously, the early 90s, uh, comic books were everywhere in the grocery stores. And maybe it was a way to <laughs> to get parents to be, you know, shut their kids up, you know, it while they're like shopping. impulse buy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, uh, you know, my mom was a big super, uh, super, Superman nut. And uh, she wanted to get me into comics. And uh, she got me my first Superman comic at a grocery store while she was shopping, and I loved it. I couldn't believe it. It felt like these pages were moving. The action was happening right before my eyes. I was blown away. And uh, it was a great way for me to use my imagination because I never actually, this is a confession, I never actually read the comics. Like, I just kind of just read the story through the pictures. Yeah, I did that when I was a kid, too. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm guilty, too. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a great way to propel this or ignite this imagination that was stirring in my brain. And then when I found out there were other characters and then I learned about Spider-Man and all that stuff, I was just totally, totally hooked with this medium. And I I knew when I was very young that I wanted to be a comic book storyteller. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, I have a similar story. Uh, My dad is the one that actually got me into comic books. I remember back, I'm younger than you, so uh, probably like 2000s-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. He got uh, the first graphic novel, like the first trade for uh, mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Uh, I think it's b- written by Bendis. Yeah. And, oh, man, I was hooked on Spider-Man. Like, I always knew about superheroes when I was growing up because I was born, like, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all, I was saturated in, like, the cartoons and the media and stuff. Yeah. I mean, m- less so than what we have now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that other stuff. But sure. I was still, like, engrossed in some of it. Yeah, well, that so, was our cinematic universe. Oh, yeah, essentially. <laughs> that's what it was. I mean, that's what's so ironic is that everyone's like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, but we had this. We had Justice League, and then we had the Batman Superman animated series. You know, we had all that stuff, and we had the cartoons where Spider-Man cartoon would cross with X-Men animated series. So exactly. it's just funny. Now we're just seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, we're seeing it with people rather than, like, you know, pictures. <laughs> it's really right, cool. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so uh, what made you become... um. Like, what got you into being a creator for comics rather than, like, into the comics right. medium in general? Right. Um, I was always writing stories and drawing pictures when I was very young, um, from monster creatures to uh, knights fighting dragons. Yeah, I you can always... tell by your artwork. It is. Definitely <laughs> sho- it definitely shows. <laughs> Blood Realm giveaway, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so, just a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I just love telling epic fantasy tales. No, it was just it's something I really clung to, especially with um, Clash of the Titans when I was young. It's one of my favorite movies from the I 80s. I remember seeing it's... that when I was a kid. My dad was like, you're going to love this. And I, oh. I saw this when I was like 11. So this was like mid-2000s. Yeah. And I was like, 
this looks so like bad, but I was like, it's a good story though. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I love, I love that stop animation stuff. It's just, yeah. it's an art form that is really lost and you can really just see how Harryhausen just moved these creatures with these dolls. It's just the puppets rather, whatever it is. It's just absolutely incredible. So I, I, there's a certain look to it that I just, it felt fantasy, you know, yeah. and uh different from, scene especially. Yeah. right. Oh yeah, definitely. So I knew I wanted to tell stories like that and I would just keep telling stories and telling stories and I always would go back and forth like do I want to be an artist or do I want to be a writer and I, I thought I had to choose one or the other <laughs> until I found comics which encompasses both yeah yeah you, you can uh, get, get that cross-generational gap where you're just like I got this I can do it all by myself <laughs> right exactly exactly and i unfortunately am not an artist so if i do choose to go down the comics i have to be a writer <laughs> i get it i but get I'm it more I, of a storyteller anyway <laughs> right no it, it, listen it's it's funny because uh it, it's totally different i'm so used to working on blood realm all by myself yeah and i was then... gonna say with your new project you're uh, not the artist on that one right right yeah because uh look, to, to be honest too i, I you know I'm, I'm not like a a boastful guy but i felt like you know my style for this particular book needed to have more of a comic book look. So mm -hmm. I feel like mine, I was humble enough to say, you know what? I don't know if my art is the best uh, style for this tale. So let me, let me look for an artist who I think can get the vibe that I really want. The EC comics kind of black and white underground horror vibe. And uh, yeah, I think it's working out really well with Michael. Yeah, and we'll get to uh, that stuff a little bit later down the line. But uh, let's sure. start off with um, your Blood Realm stuff. So what drew you to Alterna as a publisher for your title, Blood Realm? Uh, first off, the newsprint. Um, oh, I, I love I that love... paper stock. It's good. Yeah, I just the idea of being you know printed in newsprint like the way it was in the, the early 90s and the 80s was so nostalgic for me. And the fact that he was – he had a, I love the way he treated his fans. Uh, that was huge. It's just uh, I never saw this kind of one-on-one -on -one -on -one direct interaction with fans i thought it was really incredible because you know i i'm very grateful for readers and fans as well so the way he handled his his reader base i just thought was was great and it, it made me feel confident in his leadership you know and mm -hmm. not to mention when i gave him the story he was like there's gonna be more right like i <laughs> that's awesome i was like, I was like oh i was like oh you, you want the whole thing he was like no i want the whole saga I don't just want... bang. <laughs> yeah, because other publishers were like, "Oh, cool, all right, we'll just do this story." Yeah, and I had other. We'll do part things. one. <laughs> right, and like, but back then I was like, oh, "I guess it is just a part, you know, just one thing. That's it. No, no." And then like, when Peter was like, "No, listen, I want the whole thing." All those other notes that I had ideas for sequels suddenly came to fruition now, and mm -hmm. they, like they were now possible. So I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go with him because he wants this." And he wants the whole, whole thing. So that yeah, was that it. Was awesome. That's an awesome story. Uh, a lot of creator-owned titles, like from Image, let's say. Um, I know this guy, Brian Shamir, I believe is his last name. He mm -hmm. uh, did Fair Lady and he did Blackjack Ketchum. And mm. Fair Lady, unfortunately, got canceled after five issues. And he's like, I had this thing Ooh. planned. And then, you know, the sales weren't as good. And I was, the story is fantastic. I definitely recommend Fair, uh, Fair Lady. But, uh -huh. like... From what you said, like some publishers just wanted a little bit of your story, and you had this That's epic it. tale to tell. So you know you had to go with the one that was going to let you express your creative juices. You know, right, right, exactly. And that also has to do with the way 
you know, Diamond was running things, you know, being stuck with Diamond. And it was just, who was the distributor of comics. It was a nightmare. Yeah, so, Alterna left recently, right? We left, baby. We're, we're free. The shackles are broken. <laughs> so, yeah, you we, guys we, do it from the website now. Right. And you know what's awesome is that we still have the same amount of fan uh, readers and all that. And uh, even comic, comic book shops are still getting us in there. So it's it, it goes to show you that it's possible. And also, again, that direct connection with the stores, with the readers. There's no middleman anymore who's taking a big cut and screwing you over. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so much nicer. And also, we can tell the stories we want to tell. There's no like, well, listen, you know, Diamond may cancel this at a certain point. Now Peter's like, listen, tell, tell Blood Realm to the day you drop. Go for it. You know? <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> that actually ties into a question I have later on, so that's really cool. Um, oh, good. So uh, before we get into that, what were your inspirations for Blood Realm? It seems kind of like Dark Crystal meets Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. That's, what, that's what I get the feel from. Oh, I love least. Dark Crystal. I used to watch that <laughs> as a kid. I used to love it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, you, you know, there's so many different influences. I try to let, let me think about the ones that are like the most important. I would say definitely Lord of the Rings, because, you know, I, I like to refer to Tolkien as Uncle Tolkien, because <laughs> he's really the, you know, we all feel like he's this he's this older, wise sage who we're related to because we're so indebted to him for fantasy. You know, he's like the grandfather of fantasy. Exactly. I love all of his work. Like oh. the, the, I even like the Hobbit trilogy of movies too. Oh, me like, too. Me yeah. too. I like the first one a lot. I think it's one of my favorite um, like fantasy movies. But the other two, I can see why people don't like them, but I still like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anything, they should have been two films. But I get it. Yeah. They're trying to do another trilogy. Yeah. But I still enjoyed the. Hell Did you out end up of watching them. the um, Nicholas Extended Holt? Cuts? No, no, the Nicholas Holt uh, Tolkien biopic. No, I did not see that. It I came out, not. I think, 2018 or 2019. Yeah. It was about Tolkien uh, going through good? the war and growing up. I have yet to watch it, but I oh, hear okay. it's pretty okay. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah They said they the got same. some stuff wrong, and I was like, yeah. well, you know, it is what it is. He's not really here to tell anybody what's going on. I don't think he wrote an autobiography. Right, I'm not sure either. I, all I know is that it wasn't endorsed by the Tolkien family, so yeah, when yeah, I heard that, exactly, I was yeah. like, hmm. But I'll still check it out. Yeah. But uh, Tolkien, without a doubt, was a huge influence in terms of world building and like i mentioned clash of the titans especially the medusa scene mm -hmm. because that's where i really because you know the whole film is kind of like this high fantasy tale until you get to the medusa scene which is like straight up horror all yeah the they legit kill like everybody i was like oh my god i was like i'm starting to like some of these side characters and then all of a sudden they're all gone and i'm like ooh, <laughs> it's amazing it's yeah, so I good i watched that too and they even did a good job in the remake as well as much yeah. as the remake gets some slack you know, right. it's, it's still it has its the moments. Medusa it has its moments. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, like I, I just love that vibe of it. So all, all of a sudden I was like, wow, this isn't just fantasy. This is a dark fantasy. <laughs> and I was like, I want to tell a tale that really just has the vibe of this Medusa scene. Like, that's what I want. This Medusa scene right here. But, but to be the feel of the whole book I want to tell. And also, you know, I, I study religion. I, I study uh, art history. I teach art history. So history, of course, is such a huge influence because, I mean, when we look at history, it is just blood soaked, you know, with just slight little glimmers of light. But it's also tremendous inspiration for stories. <laughs> yeah, my uh, co-host for the show, he's a big history guy and he loves alternate history comic books and mm. like darker oh, nice. takes on history. So uh, yeah. he's always like pulling influence from that in a lot of his sure. work too. So it, it's really cool that um, like art history really shows like yeah. where we can go with the medium. Oh yeah, definitely. 
and uh, and religion is too. Religion too has a big influence as well. You know, especially the the legends of uh, the saints like uh, Saint George who battled the big dragon. You know, all that stuff was just very epic during the medieval times in the medieval mm-hmm. period, in particular. Like really, like I find that period very fascinating. So, all this is like an amalgamation of of the stuff that that is influenced. You know, the the making of Blood Realm, and again, also I have to mention. Actually, I didn't mention this. Clive Barker. So Clive. Oh, Barker, I was gonna say yeah. You yeah. can definitely see the inspiration from Clive Barker in some of your yeah. uh, art pieces. <laughs> yeah. So, like, all that stuff definitely influenced me. And then Clive Barker was, like, when I read his work, maybe a little too young, but I don't think so. I was not... <laughs> the happy uh, middle. Happy middle. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, when I read that, when I read Hellbound Heart and then, uh, you know, Book of Blood and all that stuff, I was like, I was like, oh, man. I was like, this is, this is the type of stuff I want to mix into my fantasy. So let's get a little Clive Barker mixed with Lord <laughs> of the Rings. And that was the, the, the real, you know, push to it. Especially, you know, I, I was such a huge fan of Clive that I actually wrote him a letter uh, when I was like maybe 15. And uh, <laughs> I loved his work so much because I've been, I'd been reading his books like over and over. And yeah. I drew him a portrait. And uh, he actually wrote back to me and I still have the that letter. awesome. Yeah. And uh, he signed it and he gave me such incredible, encouraging words of advice, you know, because I told him how, you know, his work has been such a tremendous influence and, you know, my dream one day is to be on the shelves next to his work. And he just wrote a beautiful letter. And, and uh, it's it's something I tra- uh, I cherish. That is awesome. What was the opening of the letter? You may be too young for my books, but I'm glad you like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Thankfully, you didn't do that. <laughs> He's like, you're 15, you're reading my stuff? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome, though. That, 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 that's some of those, like, cool stories you get from, like, oh, my hero sent me this, and he, like... Like he inspired me to move on and continue, and like that's all that kind of cool stuff. That's why I like uh, talking to creators, and I go to uh, Comic Con all the time, which is actually where I first met you. And um, oh, right, right, yeah. And it, it was cool to see, like, you know, you go to Artist Alley, you go to the booths, and you just talk to all the indie creators and the big names, and it's just cool to see, like, a lot of them are pretty humbled, like a lot of them are yeah. nice and cool, like you especially. Sure. And then, but oh, then you do you. get the opposite side of the spectrum, where some of them are a little uppity. Yeah, you get them, you get them. But you know, know there's still a good, there's still a good talk to it. It's not like you. Are, are gonna just like go on blast you know what i mean and i'm not right. here to do that but yeah sure sure yeah so um blood realm volume three just recently finished right before the pandemic correct or yeah, in the middle so, of it yeah. yeah it was done and then it was supposed to come out uh, right before the pandemic started mm-hmm. and then it, it was just endless delays with the printer and well, then yeah. finally finally it's been out and i'm just oh i'm so happy that people are getting it yeah. Um, is there any chance for a volume four? Because you did say that um, the guy who runs Alterno does, like Peter, does really want to continue with what you got. Do you have any ideas with it? Or Oh, yeah. We're going to go to six volumes in total. Ooh, nice. That's a saga right there. There you go. <laughs> On you the go. level of Star Wars right there. Huge That's fantasy right. fantasy epic. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Obviously, I didn't mention Star Wars, but that was a massive influence as well in terms mm-hmm. of like expanding my imagination especially with the toys and the figures which i still have i can't get rid of those <laughs> no one can <laughs> <laughs> everyone's still got something laying around <laughs> right <laughs> it's so true uh, so, so yeah, yeah six um, volumes six volumes that is crazy are you gonna like leave it are you gonna end it at six volumes or are you gonna do like what uh star wars does and it's like there's always room for more done it's gonna be Ooh, finished down the coffin complete complete story 
That is awesome. Are you going <laughs> to... This is a big future thing. Are you going to eventually try to get, like, one complete omnibus of everything together? Yep. So oh, the plan is fantastic. what we're going to do is that once – this is probably going to be about maybe a year and a half from now when everything wraps up. Uh, yeah. We're going to be doing an omnibus of the entire saga. That is awesome. And it's going to be hardcover. It's going to be – I think it's going to be almost – print. That's cool. It may even be better paper. I don't Ooh, know. Because, interesting. Yeah, the, because we're going we're gonna to do an Indiegogo for it. Oh, so, okay. I'm definitely going to donate to that. <laughs> uh, it's going to be hardcover, and uh, we want the paper to feel like kind of like some kind of textured paper, like a text, because I want want this to feel as if you're holding an ancient manuscript. That so again, awesome. going back to my, you know, my love for medieval artwork, the illuminated manuscripts of those illustrated gospels that the, the monks would create in like the scriptoriums, you know, they were gilded with gold and like they have these big, beautiful art, you know, illustrations. I want that kind of feel. That so obviously I can't gild it in gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So I, I can't wait. Uh, I already know what it's going to look like. And I told Peter many times and he's just like, man, I can't wait to launch this thing. So I was like, I know. And that, that's so. going to look clean on a shelf too. Dude, I it's can't gonna wait. look perfect on a shelf. <laughs> I just have to finish the damn the damn book, and then, yeah. <laughs> then we could finally. You just got to get it out. So, right. uh, what do you have planned for volume four? So, volume four. Uh, I don't. Have you finished uh, volume three? I have not finished volume three. I only have the first one, and I read a little bit of the second one in singles. Okay. Okay. But on, uh, for your Indiegogo, I did order the um, the one that comes with the two volumes of Blood Realm because I want them on my shelf. Oh, um, great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Uh, so uh, the the fourth volume is going to so obviously, you know, that in the third, we have a little bit of that sci fi element to it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to kind of be doing both. Now you're going to get sci fi and we're going to go back a little bit to that dark fantasy vibe. So it's going to be a really cool uh, blend of the Ooh, two. Interesting. Yeah, that's always a fun blend. Uh, there's a yeah. book that's out on the shelves right now. Unfortunately, it only has one issue out. It's mm -hmm. from Action Lab. It's called Twin Worlds. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, it's literally Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. And, okay. Uh, yeah. If you can nail like because those are your inspirations. If you can nail that vibe like a hundred percent going forward, that is going to be some crazy stuff you got going on. Oh, oh, it's. Yeah. We we got some epicness planned for the rest of the saga, and I just I can't freaking wait. Do you have some fun weird twist that's gonna show up in volume six? That's gonna make everything like weird but tied together. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you gotta love that fantasy epic twist. Oh, oh yeah, that's awesome. Now I'm excited. <laughs> Quite a few twists coming. That is gonna be crazy. So, um, do you have any projected release date for volume four or at least issue one? So, um, I may I may launch an Indiegogo um, to fund it and get things going a little bit, probably in 2021. Uh, I'm already, uh, issue one is already completed, but uh, a lot of people have been asking for Blood Realm merch, Ooh, you know, yeah. so uh, I'm kind of going to use this Indiegogo to kind of like help support uh, some merch, and we're going to keep the goal low, like maybe a thousand. And uh, people can order shirts, different types of T-shirts, because this way, you know, it saves me time and, and money. So if I if I keep making tons of shirts and maybe they don't sell, you know, at least now I, people can order exactly what they want. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's not a bad it, idea. It, yeah, this way I'm not you know drowning in, in hundreds of shirts. It's like, all right, <laughs> let me know which design you want, and I'll, I'll get it made. So yeah, uh, but I mean, people. 
there is yeah, an upside it. to drowning in shirts. At least when cons come back up, you can bring them there. <laughs> I know. Just the question is, who knows when? You know. <laughs> Unfortunately, hope. that is the question. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, where are we? Um. So, how's the Kickstarter going for your new uh, OGN Wirehead? Oh yeah. Uh, Indiegogo rather. Yeah. Oh, Indiegogo. My bad. Yeah. Uh, it's going really well. I have to say, um, this is a whole new story. It's it's very different from Blood Realm, but it's still you know obviously horror. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> still in the realm. <laughs> right, it's still in the realm. So uh, it's it's doing well. We we are just two hundred twenty away from our goal, and the goal Ooh. is eight grand. Oh, we are so oh, nice. so close. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna put up another blast today and get and let everyone know about it. Yeah, um, this but... will probably come out on Friday. This episode. Mm-hmm. So okay, hopefully, cool. um, uh, the the podcast I run is through a comic book store. Android's Amazing oh, Comics, cool. back up in Sayville. Nice. So hopefully some of our customers listen to this and they'll uh, hop on that Indiegogo as well. So, oh, that's fantastic. Crossed. Yeah, yeah, maybe they will. Yeah, it's called Wirehead and it is a slasher uh, horror tale, uh, but with, with a different twist to it. So um, oh, did you want me to go into that or you, do you have another question? Um, where am I? Uh, the next question is what are your inspirations for it and like what can you tell us about? <laughs> okay, great. So... Wirehead was a story I had in my mind for a while, a little bit after I made Blood Rum. And I, I love slasher stories, uh, slasher movies. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. They're just cathartic, man. I mean, exactly. There's this one that came out this year called uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods. I think it's like I didn't a see Polish film. It's on Netflix. Yeah? I think it's a okay. Polish film. It's pretty good. All right. It, it, it gives you some classic slasher vibes, so nice. that's always nice. And it's got a yeah. fun, like, modern aesthetic. So. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to I check that out. Um yeah, because uh, slashers are just so damn cool. Like I said, they're cathartic. I mean, it's just it's like a release, you know, pent up aggression. Just seeing some teenagers getting their heads <laughs> chopped off—just hey, something man, about I get it. it. <laughs> so, you know, I just I love that stuff, and I wanted to create one as well. And the one that I ended up going with is this robot. I just found it really creepy. But uh, the robot is designed to serve, but he malfunctions, and he's doing the complete opposite. Like a Frankenstein, so kind of. Right, but the problem is is that no, he's like a freaking bulldozer. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've he, seen him. He's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, he's big, and he will, you know, he's just on a path of destruction as opposed to serving. But because he was designed to serve, he still says the, the recorded lines, you know, as he's basically popping your head so you'll hear words like please remain calm as these metal hands are pressing into your skull <laughs> it's like you know, uh, baymax mixed with jason <laughs> yeah exactly you know and then you know that's that's the last words you you hear as as you feel this pressure in these metal hands as your as your skull cracks and then suddenly your head pops so as he kills that, you please rate your service on a scale of one to ten <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. So how have uh, I served you today? Just, yeah, right. bu- just a bloody pulp on the floor. <laughs> right. He has two lines. I think so far he has allow me to assist you and uh, please remain calm. So <laughs> oh, those are some I would hate to hear that from around the corner, you know. I'm like hiding out in the cabin or something. I just hear please remain calm. I'd be like, "No." <laughs> yeah, right. So you know, it's just that kind of idea and I I love I love when you mix horror and sci-fi together. Uh, that's my two favorite things. So, you know, he's this robot that that's 
created in this type of like almost like cyberpunk style laboratory, you know, and it's in the 90s. So you have this like weird, I don't know, there's something eerie about cyberpunk horror. It's kind of like this body horror involved as well. Yeah, it's a nice niche to fall into. Right, yeah, and uh, the to give a little background on the creator of Wirehead. So Wirehead is created by this World War II uh, Japanese scientist. And for people who don't know, in World War II, there were some horrible, horrible research uh, and science uh, facilities in China that were run by the by the Japanese, and they were doing awful experiments, you know, on on prisoners of war and the people they captured it was just absolutely uh, you read this you read the testimonies and you know uh, it's tough to get through it gives auschwitz a run for its money it's really oh, insane yeah, no I, I know what you're talking about there's um a, the aspect of horror stuff that i like from world war ii is uh with hitler trying to like use supernatural means to win the war i find that so interesting like he was like oh. what if we get ghosts and vampires to fight for us and i'm like what yeah. <laughs> that's and all that idea. stuff yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. So That's where Hellboy uh, came in, from. Yeah, exactly. And Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh so so now what you have here is is this mad scientist who's creating the these type of metal men, but what's really dark when you look into the history of these scientists, a lot of them were not punished for their crimes. They were given immunity when they and they came over to the United States to share their information. Like give us your research and we'll let you go. And but, you know, but you have to stay here. And it's just super dark that these people who tortured people and did experiments, you know, without anesthesia and all this stuff, um, you know, inhumane experiments were was just, you know, not punished for their crimes. And one of them was General Ishishiro, who, in my opinion, is like the angel of death, you know, you know, because Mangala in, in Germany was the angel of death in Germany. And this is their Mangala. This guy was just oh. Are so, you using uh, inspiration from him, or are you just going to use him in general? Yeah, so I'm going to use inspiration. It's real world stuff, but I'm just obviously yeah, yeah. I'm making my own my own scientist Your who own happened to be in that <laughs> right happened to be in that group. So cool. this particular doctor is named Yuji Akatsu, and he's sent over, given immunity, and this corporation, kind of like almost like Umbrella in Resident Evil, is hiring him to continue his research, and they give him a secret base, a secret laboratory in the Pocono Mountains. So there he continues his research, except his first prototype, his successful prototype, um, malfunctions and is let loose years later in the 90s. Interesting. Um, did uh, Do the kids dub him Wirehead, or what does um, the doctor call him, if you can so, spoil that? Sure, the doctor calls him Adam. Okay, like Adam and Eve? Yes. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so he calls him Adam and uh, capitalized A-D-A-M. But the project is called Project Wirehead. Oh, okay, gotcha. I thought the kids were like, he's got wires on his head. Let's call him Wirehead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the kids kind of call him that too. You know, they have their yeah. own names for him. But uh, but yeah, but that's really the, the – so it's called Project Wirehead, and he calls him Adam. Mm. And he also Nixon, nicknames him the Oni because, you know, in Japanese culture, Oni yeah. – all these big giant, you know, demons and guards and stuff like that. That is cool. Yeah. So that's it. That's Wireheads for you, for you right now. Nice, nice, nice. I'm. You just made me even more excited about that book. <laughs> I was already <laughs> excited. Like I like slasher flicks. I like the sci-fi elements into it. And then you were just like hitting off all this like 
like as much as my co-host likes alternate history and like fun history things, I also like like weird World War Two spin out things. It's, it's that's yep. a really cool uh, little junction you just threw in there. Yeah. So um, earlier in the show, you said that you're not the artist on Wirehead. Uh, you have right. Michael O'Shea from It Came on a Wednesday, also at Alterna, right? Yes. As your yes. artist, how's yes. working with him going? It's going great. He's actually a former student of mine, so I know oh, him very awesome. well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been working with him for years, and uh, you know, and I, I just feel like his style and his work, his dedication to his craft, is just perfect. He also has a huge affinity for horror as well, so you know, obviously we gel there. And you know, it, it's it's been really it's been really good. It's it's good that I know him already, and I don't have to, you know, we we, we gel already. You yeah, know, which exactly. Is a huge plus. And I saw some of his like uh, blood curdling, like horror O face screams. Yeah. Around like the covers and some of the art, and I'm like, this guy captures the essence of fear when you see a yep. giant monster coming oh, at you. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you right now, I'm not just saying this. His art in this book is his best work. <laughs> that is awesome. Insane. He's going all out for this. <laughs> he is. He is, man. I'm telling you. I think when people see this stuff, they're going to be like, whoa. Who is this guy? <laughs> that is awesome. I, I hope that as well. And you said it's going to be in black and white, correct? Yeah, we're doing black and white. Originally had it in color, but you know what happened was, you know, I found that the color, you know, you're kind of losing the line work in my, Michael's work. Mm. Uh, because when you look at his work, it's just, it's intense blacks and, and a lot of cross-hatching. And kind of similar to was, yours, too. Right, exactly. I guess that's why. You know, I mean, he was my student, so... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, he. I, I just felt like like that stuff was getting lost, and we decided to do it in black and white to give it that real classic horror feel as well. And I think it suits it well. Yeah, it reminds me of like a '40s like Nosferatu horror movie where it's like <laughs> yeah. the, the black and white with like the cheesy like effects going on. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it looks really good so far from what you've showed off on the Indiegogo. Oh, thank and you. from what you guys have showed off all over the Instagram, I also saw that you guys added a art book to some yes. of the uh, tiers and that is a collection of fan art or like buddies of yours no so i mean it's weird calling it fan art because these are buddies of mine and some of them are fans and they all just started drawing the character it's just <laughs> i didn't even tell them to do this and awesome. they started posting their version of wirehead and i was just like this is awesome and i was like you know i i can't not let people not experience this they need to experience this stuff so i asked for everyone's permission i said you guys mind if i put this in a cool little booklet so it's available for the featured perk and as an add-on this way people can enjoy all this stuff and they all said absolutely go for it so i think uh, my two favorites are the one by uh jeff elkins oh yeah and uh vince rush yeah (laughs) those are my two favorites don't be wrong they're all fantastic but i think those two just like they just scream like, like especially Jeff's where it's got like the shading underneath him, like he's some ominous oh. presence. And then you yeah. have the zoom in of like a Jason style face on Vince's. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, they come it, up fantastic. These guys are insanely talented, and I was just so honored when they were drawing them. It was like blown away. I, I really was. And uh, yeah, Jeff Elkins' work is just insane. And the way he colored that with the purple on the cover yeah. of that fan art booklet. Oh, it's one of my mm-hmm. favorites. So, yeah, I can't wait for everyone to experience that. And that's going to be in newsprint, too, which is going to be cool. Yeah. Are so, you going to sell the art book separately after the Indiegogo, or is it only part of the tier list? It's only part of the uh, of this, yeah. So Ooh, you're it's killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's Might have to be go ex- in and upgrade my tier. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I guess I would feel weird, you know, if I kept selling them and selling them, you know, because it's their work, you know. So. Oh no! Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. So yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like I was kind of like, oh, what do I do? I was like, you know what? So we're, we're gonna make this exclusive for the campaign. So once they're gone, they're gone. Interesting. Now I gotta go see if I can switch up my tears, man. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all cool. All right, so yeah. is there anything else you want to say about Wirehead before we move on to more generalized stuff? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, check out the campaign, guys. Uh, if you're listening and you're a fan of slasher horror with a little bit of history involved, I think you guys are going to be in for a wild, wild ride, uh, especially when we get to the, the third chapter, which is just totally bonkers and insane. Um, it's going to have horror, sci-fi, all that good stuff, so definitely check that out. All right, awesome. Let's jump to some more generalized art-based questions. So uh, what's your process like for being a combination writer-artist? Do you write a directional script, or do you make up the drawings as you go, like as you feel out what you're writing for? Okay, so um, uh, for Wirehead, I write a script, and it was an adjustment because usually I do not. So Okay, you don't I, write a script, okay. Right, so when I work on my own stuff, um, I have an outline of the plot beats of where I want it to go. Mm-hmm. And I have, and then there may be specific lines I really want the characters to say. So yeah. like this line is really important. I think this will be so cool if this character says that. Or I really want this kind of moment, so I'm going to have that moment. And then what I do is I kind of just then start drawing it. And I know that I have a limit of 24 pages, so I start doing, doing thumbnails. Thumbnails of how all the pages are going to look. And then I put the writing after, once all the pages are done. Mm-hmm. You so do kind of like what uh, Stan Lee used to do back in the exactly, day. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The Marvel method. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how I like to work because it allows me to make the the words serve the story and not the other way around. You know, because I, I, I think sometimes uh, people tend to overwrite when meanwhile the action is happening on the page already. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and you can easily see where you grab that inspiration from. You said when you were a kid, you wouldn't read the exactly. the text; you would just read the you would just like follow the story through the artwork, yeah, and like that really shows with your process with the Marvel method as well. That's exactly <laughs> it, and you know what I realized? Like you know, if if I enjoy comics this way, you know, let me write them this way. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and I I I just find that there's a lot more freedom, and um, yeah, I just like that process. I don't like having the shackles of a script. It just it's not very fun to me. You know, so which was an adjustment with Wirehead because I don't work like that. So when I was working with Michael, we tried the Marvel method, but he likes more of a clear direction. He likes to know so, where he's going. I get that. Right. So I I sat down and said, all right, I got up to hunker down and actually write the script. So we did that, and it's been working out really well. <laughs> You're like, oh no, foreign territory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was in the beginning, man. I'm not gonna lie. How was the you adjustment know? for that? It was it was an adjustment. I gotta tell you, it certainly was an adjustment. I had to like. You know, get used to you know describing the scene because I see it in my head already. So exactly, I'm like, I, yeah. You know, I know how I want this, but now I have to describe it to him. So that yeah. was that was a little bit of a of a struggle there, but it worked out. Nice, nice. Uh, how much uh, revision slash editing do you do in your works? Oh, quite a bit. Quite a <laughs> bit. Yeah, let me tell you. Uh, if anyone tells you that, oh yeah, you know, I only do one draft, they are full of it. They are lying. <laughs> It's just not how it works. So, uh, yeah, I go through several drafts. Um, I, I Sometimes I even have to read it 
write it, and then I walk away, and I won't come back to it for two weeks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> until I have totally fresh eyes, and then I start spotting all this stuff. You so, spot all the small imperfections, and you're like, I have oh, to redo it all. <laughs> oh, it happens, man. It happens. No, no, but, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, you, you need that time to really like reassess and come back to it. Yeah. It, the fresh eyes thing is a real big uh, help to it as well. Because you could be doing it in the moment, and you're like, this is what it's going to look like. This is great. And then you come back like a week later, and you're like, why did I think this was good? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how much of the editing work goes in for your um, for Wirehead while well, you have to edit with uh, Michael's uh, schedule? Not schedule, right, yeah, well, uh, Michael's revisions as well. Right. So what I do um, – so, yeah, we have a couple of passes. We do like two passes of edits, but sometimes we don't even need to go to two passes. Yeah, um, you guys have, you guys say you gel pretty well, so – yeah, yeah. So you know, you know, I'll go in there, be like, you know what, this quite isn't working, uh, or, uh, but but the good thing is we go through his thumbnail first. You know, all the thumbnails we analyze. Then he sends me his tight layouts, and then I say, okay, this is working. Change this layout. You know, this way, by the time he gets the pencils, he's kind of he's kind of cl- very close to where it's got to be. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool that you found someone that you gel with. Besides him being a former student. It's cool that you found somebody who you work with like really well. Yeah, you know, that helps with the work. It enhances it. You know, yes. it enhances the final product because you yes. you can see like the the connection. Like um, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky, the guys who do Sex Criminals, sure. you can see their their chemistry together, like their their ability to gel properly and how it like it translates to the page. Yeah. So from what you're yeah. saying and what you're describing, it sounds like it is going to trans like translate to the page perfectly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I have to say, I've been, uh, it's what, what we have so far. I think people are going to thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. And the flow and the pacing is on point. It's going to, and, and the thing I forgot to mention too is that it's an over, it's over 80 pages. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a big one. Yeah. You're, 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 you're getting a good amount of content for, you know, your money. So it's nice. Um, do you feel connected at all to older comic book artists like Ditko or Kirby? Or does oh, that seem like a foreign yeah. kind of world for you, yeah? Oh, no. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Besides being I on the newspaper print. <laughs> yeah. Dude, forget it. That That is like everything. Um, bread and butter. Kirby, <laughs> I find myself connecting more to Kirby's work now more than ever. It's mm. so funny. Like, I was a fan of his work when I was younger, but like now I'm like, I, I appreciate his genius even more because now I'm making comics. So his world building, his, his style, his... His voice—it's just all over the page, and he, you know, there's nobody that looks like Kirby. You, you know, there's no like Kirby doesn't look like anybody else. Kirby is Kirby. Exactly, and, you can always tell. Right, and I appreciate that more than ever. Yeah, I feel like you have a very distinct style as well. You use a lot of shading yeah. and a lot of inking, as from what yes. it seems. So th- yeah. that is a very distinct kind of style, and I think that is gonna—that's what mostly makes um, Blood Realm stand out amongst like the sea of new titles that comes out. You'll see like these. Like, you'll see Flash, you'll see Spider-Man, but then all of a sudden you see this indie book that is, like, red with this dark black inking on it, and this, like, yeah. this, ugh, it, it really comes off the page. Thanks, it draws man. the eye. Yeah. Thank you. It, it really, and it came from just being more confident in myself and saying, you know what, I have, you know, I'm not going to draw like other people. If this is how I draw Spider-Man or whoever the hell the character is, this is how I draw. And, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of like, it was weird at first, but you have to, kind of give into that because everyone has their own style like you have your own signature right people mm-hmm. can tell that's your signature just like they can tell it's mine 
So what people don't realize is that they already put their line on the page differently from other people. But what happens is we see other artwork and we think we have to draw that way. But meanwhile, our hand already moves a certain way. So I kind of just gave into it. And I was like, this is how I draw. Let me draw like this. And then Blood Realm happened. That is awesome. It's those origin stories that really make you go, the comics industry is doing something right. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of comic industry stuff, um, do you have any advice or tips for anyone trying to get into the comic book industry? As a writer, Um, as an artist, as an inker, as anything. Well, I'll say this much. Uh, You know, going in the traditional way through Marvel DC, I think, is not um, really, especially now, isn't the best way. Uh, I think especially when we live in a time where we want to own our own IPs and our mm-hmm. own ideas, I think the, the the push would be to kind of get yourself on YouTube, social media, find an audience, connect with them. It takes time, but it's going to, and, and people want it right away, but it's not going to happen right away. You have to really build that audience. And then I would go into Indiegogo and crowdfunding and stuff like that. I really believe that's the future because then you know what? They see that success from that Indiegogo, whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. and then a publisher may say, hey, I want to pick that up. Yeah, they you know? sell, They have the ability to sell books. Look how much money they're making here. Exactly. What if it translates to a wider audience, not just their specific audience? Exactly. So yeah. you know what? I think that's the best way to do it. Um, you got to be like an entrepreneur. You can't – and don't depend on publishers to promote your stuff for you. You know, those days are over. The time we live in is where you have to get out there. There – because of social media there is so many talented people out there who are promoting so you have to find your niche and your platform to do it and you just can't get discouraged you got to keep doing and keep doing it and eventually eventually you will find your audience every there is an audience for everything i was told that 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 blood realm it would be it would be a tough sell because of the artwork All right that's what one publisher told me and meanwhile, it's Alterna's best-selling title right now. <laughs> In fact, he's he said he's only a couple of days from being completely sold out of the latest issue. That I was blown awesome. away. Of, of volume three, uh, issue three. That so is awesome. that's why, you know, there's an audience for everything, and you have to eat rejection for breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is the biggest thing for a lot of people. They don't, like, a lot of people don't like, no, no one likes rejection, but a lot of people take it more to heart. I've I've grown accustomed to rejection, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you have to. You gotta like, get a thick skin. Exactly. I mean, I'm not as thick skinned as most people, but I I can brush off a couple hits. Good. Yeah. Good. So it, it is nice to hear someone in the industry going, "Yeah, it happens." <laughs> oh, dude, it, it's gonna happen a lot. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I believe it's, it. But it, what you don't, what people don't realize, is that that get, that gets you better and better and better and better. So. That is awesome. So, what is next for you after Wirehead? And well, we know it's Blood Realm four through six, but what's next after Wirehead? Is there a sequel? Is there going to be more stuff right. you're going to delve into indie wise, or are you just going to stick with Blood Realm, ride that out, and then work on the next part after that? Well, what I'd like to do, I would very much like to build a slasher verse, a slasher universe, like I do with Blood Realm, but like it's all slashers. So I can kind of like my universal monsters in a way, so we can get like maybe Wirehead meets the whatever character, you know? Like one of uh, Michael's characters, maybe from It Came on a Wednesday, or Logman or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I love Logman. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's stuff like that, you know? So I want to build like a universe of my slasher villains. That is cool. And maybe have some of the meat 
So this is kind of like, but the thing is with Wired, you're getting a complete story. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's going to be like to be continued stuff. Like you're getting a complete story. And, uh, you know, if, we, if we're able to continue and build this world more, you know, we will do so. Yeah. May I suggest, I hope this isn't an overstep. May I suggest that um, you have a wirehead cross blood realm, like one shot at some point? No, that would be kind of interesting because you said you're introducing some sci-fi elements more so into Blood Realm, and we know that um, Wirehead is sci-fi based. I think it would be interesting to see like some of the characters from Blood Realm f- go up against oh, Wirehead, who is this giant like mechanical monstrosity. Even right, if it's right. like a Kickstarter perk, like it's just ten pages, like it'd be interesting to get a little crossover going, or maybe just like a nice art piece of just them fighting. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that could be fun. I, I I could definitely noodle something with that. Yeah. I, I definitely. That, I don't want I mean, to overstep, but I think that would be cool. <laughs> no, maybe uh, maybe a big art piece would be wild. Yeah, yeah. maybe a big old print. I like that. Okay, all right. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You, you planted something. <laughs> That's good. I planted the seeds in there. <laughs> you did. You did, man. So, right before we close out the show, where can we find you on the internet? What do you do? What, what, what can you tell us about? Like, I know you have a YouTube channel. Pimp that stuff out. Where can we find yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. So, I have a YouTube channel. Um, first off, all with the same name on Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, Geronimo Draws. So, at Geronimo Draws. And on my YouTube channel, I do all sorts of things. It's just it's kind of like a way for all of my readers or uh, new readers to get to know me. I love video games. Uh, especially horror games and fantasy games. Um, I love reviewing. Uh, I review some of the classic uh, comic book covers from you know, throughout history, some of the most famous ones. I do uh, interviews with some of my friends and uh, creators. And also I do movie reviews and a draw stream, a weekly draw stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, where uh, it's me and I'm joined by a couple of other Alterna artists. And we, I pick a theme and we all do a illustration uh, associated with that theme so right. that's been doing that's been doing very well so far and and you know a lot of people have been listening in or watching and they're sent they tag me in their drawings so it's a good way to you know if you're looking to brush up on your skills we talk about process and stuff like that and we all draw together so it's like a nice little thing to reserve like an hour or two of your day to kind of like all right you know what i'm going to draw today and they get nice. you get they get to draw with us and you also have a podcast right or I think uh, on the podcast feed, you're mostly doing the live shows that you put up a couple months ago, but I know right. that you have the podcast still going. Yeah, we have the podcast, and uh, that's that's uh, the Geronimo Draws podcast, and uh, that's on, uh, uh, what's it called, Apple? No, is it Apple? Apple Podcast? That's right, yeah. yeah. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all, all that stuff. And uh, lately, I've been taking the live streams I've been doing and just putting them on there, because some people don't, it's funny, they don't watch on YouTube. They do listen, they rather listen when they're out. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm out and about or while I'm working and no one's in the store. Um, yeah. Do you plan on covering some more Mandalorian? Because I know last year you <laughs> did uh, every two episodes you'd talk about the Mandalorian. And yes. I've noticed that we're up to four episodes and there's no episode out. <laughs> I know, I know. You're right, you're right. You know what it is? I, I wanted to, I figured, I wasn't sure if I should wait, you know, mm-hmm. because it, until it's all done and give like a whole review, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I I don't, what, what would you would you prefer some an episode? Because I wasn't sure. Let the people decide. Um, I, I liked it when you did the two the two episode formula because then you have four episodes oh. just to throw in there. It's like okay. uh, I believe at first you started doing one episode at a time, and I was like, there's not enough to talk about for one episode. The Mandalorian oh. is kind of like a short stack. So when you started doubling yeah. them up, I think that was a good idea. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah we'll, it sounded we'll nice. Do that. We'll, do that. <laughs> well now, now we're at the halfway point. So you know what? Maybe this episode will be a good time now to do that. So yeah. I'll, I'll talk to Mike and we'll get that going. For sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Can't wait to listen. <laughs> yeah. Man. I like you guys uh, talking about Star Wars. I like to see the differing opinions. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we love Star Wars. Yeah. So, uh, any closing? Uh, oh, uh, pimp out the uh, Indiegogo again. Oh time. yeah, and the Indiegogo guys, Wirehead. Um, we have we're in our second thirty days, and we're just two hundred twenty away from our goal. We have tons of of the stretch goals and backer bonuses that everyone gets. So you're definitely getting a lot of bang for your buck. I highly recommend the featured perk. Uh, you get two books, both signed, one with a head sketch, three prints. One of them is by me. And then you get a sticker, uh, two copies of uh, Blood Realm, both signed. <laughs> and you get a trading card and you get the fan art booklet. So featured perk is a pretty great, it's a, it's a great way to go. I think that's the $50 one, right? That's the fifty dollar one, and you also get all of the backer bonuses. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're mad men. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that's got the art book. You said I might have to up my tier to that one because I think I did the thirty dollar oh, awesome. one that gave me all three books. But I might upgrade it one more to get that art book because that is going to okay. look great on like an end table or something. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, man. I, I'll be honest. I'm I'm excited about the my book, but I also want to see all that fan art together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna look nice. I like a lot of those like uh, art collection books that the some of the companies do every once in a while. Like, right, I think yeah, um, Mignola did it for Hellboy. Yep. He did Hellboy the 100 Project, where it was just yes. 100 people doing a Hellboy, which was cool. Yep. Oh, that's it's exactly what this ended up turning out, and I didn't even <laughs> intend that to happen, which is, like, I'm so honored. In the Wirehead Project. <laughs> yeah, man. Damn straight. That is awesome. So thank you for joining me. Uh, I'll definitely try to have you on for a regular podcast episode, maybe when the book comes out. Maybe we'll oh, talk okay, about indie great. horror books. Yeah, maybe after you, maybe you could read it and review it, you know. Yeah, exactly, and then we'll uh, talk about it, and we'll try to get you on there or something. Hell yeah, man! Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for listening. You can go follow Rob at Geronimo Draws on everything, everything everywhere. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Take care, right, everyone. Bye.